I'm excited to see you. You know, I'm, I love people and I love being around people. So it's nice to be here in the house with other people and actually see your face. It is absolutely amazing. But I do want to make mention real quick that even though these last two months have been trying, these last two months have, has been tough. It really has been. You know, when you, 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 you forget um, how much you appreciate things until it's taken away. And then when it's taken away, you really appreciate it that much more. So I, I, uh, and, and, and I wanted to say that we have made it. We've made it. And it's a no small part to you. So listen to me. Hear my heart today. Keep serving. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep giving. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep um, praying for me and the staff. Uh, keep, just, just keep doing because I, we, have, we have not been able to do what we've been able to do. If it wasn't for the support that you guys have done. Now I want to answer just a couple questions real quick before we dive into the message. And I, I know you probably have a couple questions in your mind about a couple things. Number one, how long are the chairs going to stay this way? And I really hope not very long. I hope that we can get back to the way it looked before. But we are going to um, stay within guidelines and make sure that it's safe to be inside and then number two question is, how long will we, will we be continuing to do two services? And my answer to that is this, however long it takes. If, if it takes a month, if it takes two months, if numbers dictate we have to, then we'll continue to. We're just going to keep going week by week and see what God does. If you can't tell, there's a few different things in service, like tithes and offering won't be taken Right in the middle, we're going to do that at the end. Um, there won't be a traditional meet and greet time. Um, coffee bar will be closed until um, a July, uh, just to make sure that once again we stay within uh, with, with within the guidelines. Um, nursery is open this week, praise God, right? And um, but kids church will reopen next week, and Wednesday night services will open back up inside next week as well. We want to move slowly through this, but also. Uh, we, we want to reopen to the building and get back to having church inside. But what I want to do today is I kind of want to go ahead and dive in. I have a word from God, a word from the Lord, a word for someone. And if you were with us last week, whether it be through live stream or out in your car or in, your, or in the parking lot or, or whatnot, you, you heard me teach about the spiritual journey that you and I are on. You heard me teach about... If, you're, if you are breathing air, there's always another step for you to take. There's always something else for you to do. There's always a next step in your spiritual journey. We talked about, number one, that in order to really get what God wants for us, we have to, one, know God. And not just know Him, know about Him, but to know Him intimately, to know Him personally, to know Him on an intimate, personal level. We have to get to that place where we know everything about Him. You see, He knows everything about us. He, he knows everything there is about us, the number of hairs on our head or lack thereof, right? Okay, so He knows everything. But He wants us to know about Him and all of the goodness and the mercies that, that come with that, all the joys that come with that, all the blessings. He wants that to be ours. And in order for that to happen, we truly have to know Him. Number two, we've got to get to that place in our walk with God where our heart gets healed. We spend too much time carrying around baggage. 
carrying around things that aren't intended for us to carry, therefore weigh us down, stress us out. And to heal my heart means to take everything that's wrong inside, to lay it at the feet of the cross and allow Him to carry it for me. That's why God sent His Son to die, to free us from that baggage. So we have to heal our heart. Step three in this spiritual walk, this spiritual journey, was to realize that we are not intended to do life alone. That we must do life together and not just within the confines of this building, but also outside on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, every day of the week, finding an avenue to do life together. Because God has given us companions, He has given us friends, He has given us relationships to help overcome any obstacle that might come our way. Therefore, God is saying, use it to your advantage. Have relationships. Do life together. And then number four, we talked about how God's ultimate plan, ultimate purpose for us is to make a difference. It's to take the passions that He gave us, to take the skills, the gifts that He's put in us, and to use it for His glory and not ours. But to ultimately win people to the kingdom through what He has done for us. We've got to make a difference. And so I want to talk about that today, that making a difference. And I want to talk about this thought, and I want to offer this thought. And the thought for you is that you have a speaking God. You have a speaking God, a God who is trying to speak to you. I hear so many people say, well, I don't hear God. Well, let me throw this thought out there. I don't think God has a speaking problem. I think sometimes we have a hearing problem. And we don't hear what it is that the Spirit is trying to say. He's trying to say things to us. And, and I'm going to give you just a little bit of clue into how He speaks. And that God speaks. Are you ready for this? God speaks through other people. God speaks through friends, through co-workers. God speaks through circumstances. He speaks through situations. Why is it when we get down on our luck to the lowest point of our life, then we fall on our knees to pray to God. He uses circumstances within our life to get us closer to Him. He uses people. He uses circumstances. He also uses dreams and He uses um, visions. And I want to talk about those today. He gives you ideas, supernatural ideas, ideas you couldn't come up with on your own. And watch this. It's very critical that dreams or the level of them in your life is key to your own personal success. And I'm going to prove that, okay? I'm going to prove that. Proverbs chapter 29. If you have your Bibles with you, go to Proverbs chapter 29. It, it will be up here on the screen. Verse number 18. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says it like this. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. Another version says it like this. Where there is no, and the Hebrew word is kazon. It means dream. It means revelation. It means vision. Where there is no vision, it says people perish. Where there's no dreaming, where there's no God speaking, people perish. And I'm not talking about you and I actually dying. I'm talking about if there's no dreaming in your marriage, your marriage will die. 
If there's no dreaming with your children, your children won't have a relationship with him. If there's no dreaming and visions within your wallet, then your bank account won't hold what you need for that month. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a dream and a uh, and and you for all that God wants you to do. And for people that don't have that, they're walking around dead. They might be alive, but inside they're dead. And here's the sad part today. There's a lot of today's culture that lives like that. And they don't hear from God. And when they are like that, they get this case of who cares and it doesn't matter. And there's too many people who live life like that. And you, when you get to that place, you're in survival mode. You're empty. Have you ever tried to drive a car when that stick hits E? I have one time. I just got a new job, teaching job. I lived in um, Alabama, Megan and I had just got married, been married for a couple years, moved into an apartment, took a teaching job, got my car. I drove a 2004 green, the ugliest green you could ever think of, or it just it, the ugliest thing you could watch, a green 2004 Ford Explorer Sport. And I got in that car, Miss Paula, and I saw that little thing, that, that, that arrow on E. And I said, I think I can make it. And I was about 20 minutes away from the school and where I needed to, to go. And I got about 7 to 10 minutes down the road and my car stopped. And one of the most uncomfortable conversations I had to have was call my in-laws and say, Donnie, um, ran out of gas. So you think you can go get some gas and bring it to me? I need to get to work. And... We laugh and we joke about things like that, but the reality is I see too many Christians living that way. I see too many Christians living on empty where they say the same thing, I think I can make it. I think I can get through on my own. I think I can just do it. And they get halfway down the road and they get empty and they stop because there's no dreaming, there's no revelation, there's no connection with God. There's no communication back and forth. And I want you to know this morning that, that you were created for significance. You were created for purpose, not just for survival. You don't have to stay there. And I love the way the Message Bible puts this passage. He says it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, listen to this. If people can't see what God is doing, they fall all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, when they are connected with the source, when in their mind they are where they should be, when they see what God wants them to see, when they do what He has revealed, when they are attentive in that moment, they are the most blessed. And now I don't know about you this morning, but I want to live a blessed life. I want every avenue of my life, every area to be blessed. So in order to be blessed, if I have to be attentive to what he reveals, then I've got to make sure that my connection with God is where it should be. So I have a simple goal today. And my goal is this. I want to get you dreaming again. In fact, I, I don't have time to tell all the stories in my life, but I can say this. I can tell the difference when I'm at my best and I can tell the difference when I'm at my worst. When I'm down, depressed, I have no dreams. I have no joy. But when God is speaking to me, 
and I can hear what it is he wants me to do. And I have that line of, of, of the communication that's open. I, that's when I have the most joy. And, and here's the other thing too. When I am connected with God and I'm dreaming again, I'm healthier. Why do you think that a, you could go to a, the doctor right now and the doctor will say that stress will take time off of your life? Stress is not good for your health. So if the Bible says that I can get my joy back by dreaming again, if I can get my joy and live a life that's not as stressful by being in communication with Him, don't you think that we should do that and get our minds healthy? You see, circumstances do not determine your happiness. Your connection with God does. Psalm chapter 1 to 26 puts it like this. When the Lord restored. I want you to look at the word restored because the word restored tells me that they once had it. They once had something and it was lost. So God had to restore it. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. When, so when they were in the process of being restored, it was because they were dreaming. And it, it, it's, it's what the Bible says. Now watch the result of their dreaming. The result is our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Don't you want to have joy again? Don't you want to be blessed? Don't you want to be happy? I want us to get back to that place where, where our mouths are filled with laughter and our, and our tongues are filled with songs of joy. Then the passage goes on to say, Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what the Bible says. I, there's this movie, and I love this movie. It's a really good one. It's about a rich guy and a poor guy. And both these guys are dying of cancer, and the poor guy was making a list of things that he wanted to do before he died. And the rich man says, I've got the money to do it. Let's go do it. But, hey, we only have a few months, so we got to do it all right now. The moral of the story is they went and did all what they thought were going to be real things of life. The thrills, the jumping out of airplanes, racing cars. And they found out that life was about a whole lot more than the material things. And the beautiful moral to the story is their joy did not come from their list of things that they wanted to do. But rather their joy came from their relationship with each other. Their joy came from being around each other. Their joy came from being able to do this list with each other. And I learned a spiritual truth that I want to stir inside of you. Is that if you want your joy back, your relationship, your connection has to be where it needs to be with God. To where nothing can interfere with what He's trying to speak to you. We have to dream again. We have to, to speak to Him again. We've got to pray again. So what I want to do is there's a few different types of people in our world today. And I want to describe them to you real quick. The first type of person is someone who has no dream. They have no dream. And if you have no dream, and I, I'm not an ugly person, I don't try to be ugly, I'm not a, con a, a, a confrontational type of person but chances are in your life if there's no dreaming there may be no God 
You're not connected to the source. You're not connected with the living God. And let me say it like this. There may not be faith because Hebrews 11 tells me that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That in order to have faith, I've got to hope for something. I've got something that I've got to look towards. I've got something that I need to do. There's a dream in there that I want to see come to pass. And my faith is giving me hope. And as soon as you have faith in your heart and you get close to God, God is going to drop dreams inside of you. You see, in the early church in Acts chapter 2, it was the fulfillment of a prophecy that you're going to dream again. That you're going to prophesy. That you're going to see, um, you're going to see things. And this is what we do when we connect with God. We dream. And for some of us, we need to take that step. For some, for, we need to be saying, I need to get as close to the Lord as I can. Maybe I'm not hearing God today because there's so many competing voices. Maybe I'm not hearing God clearly because I've got too much of the world in my ear and I can't hear the presence of God speaking to me. Maybe I can't hear straight because I need to mute the volume of the enemy so I can turn up the volume of the Spirit of God saying, Go. We have to be connected to God. So how do I hear God's voice? What, what do I need to do? Jared, uh, we, we got a scripture that says, call to me. This is God speaking. He says, call to me and I will answer you. And watch what he does. When you call and when he answers, I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Dreams and visions. Things that you've not seen. Things that are still yet to come. And I will show you those things when you call to me. You see, God is begging us to come close to Him. He is begging us to have relationship with Him. He is begging us to be in conversation. And let me tell you something. This con it should not be a one-way conversation with God. This conversation, this prayer time, should not be about dumping all my issues on Him and say, God, I need this. No, sometimes we don't hear God speak because we're not quiet long enough to hear Him speak. And we've got to get to that place where, where we sit and we pray and then we stop and we listen. For some people... You might be this type of person. You might, you might just be in that place where, God, I'm not as close to you as I need to be. And I realize I'm not dreaming again. I'm not seeing things. I'm not hearing you clearly because maybe my relationship isn't where it should be. And if you're that person today, I'm praying that God reveal himself to you in a mighty, mighty way. God's begging us to have that. Acts chapter 20 says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to complete the race, to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul literally said in that scripture that the greatest joy that I have is by doing that which God asks me to do. His greatest joy is to fulfill God's plan for his life. Here's the next person. It's not somebody that doesn't have a dream. But maybe somebody that does have a dream, it's just gone stale. My kids have a, ten, have, have, have a, um, a tendency 
to open up a bag of nacho chips and to eat on it and then put it back into the pantry with that bag still open and they don't put that clip on it. And what happens, if you know anything about chips, you get, you, you get that bag out and you just got you know, the munchies and you got you to gotta have a little snack and you say, hey, some chips and salsa will be really good right now. So you go get the salsa. You pour just that perfect amount inside your bowl with your big, and uh, you get that bag of chips and you take a bite of that nacho chip and it tastes disgusting. It tastes nasty. You just want to spit it right out of your mouth. Why? Because it's stale. At one point in the life of that chip, it was a delicious, scrumptious, amazing, tasteful chip. But if that chip goes left unattended and not taken care of properly, that chip will go stale. And I see that so many times in dreams. That we have this plan. We have a good dream. It's a God dream. And either through some type of delay... Because we get frustrated when God doesn't do things on our watch. When it e either there's a delay or there's some set of problems that you didn't plan on. And that flame that once burnt just isn't burning anymore. It's just barely hanging on. And it's beginning to die out. And maybe, just maybe, and I want to take some time right here. Maybe that's why God put it in my heart for this Pentecost Sunday to preach this message because sometimes we have a God dream and it's gone stale and we need the breath of a living God to blow through it again so that dream will again come alive. And there's a vision in the Bible that I believe is very important for the season that we're in right now. I, if you notice, there was a theme to all of our praise and worship today. I asked, I, 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 I asked them to find as many songs as they can find on dry bones coming alive and just wear, just wear it out. Because I want, to, I want this place to understand that what was once dead can come alive again. That if there's a dream inside of you, something that you have believed God for, that it has gone stale that there is a season by which the Spirit of God can bring life to it again. Listen, the hand of the Lord was on me. And He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. He was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were dry. He asked me, Son of Man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone? No. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Now I want to stop there for just a second because the original text in the Old, in the old um, Testament was Hebrew and the word breath is ruach. Ruach literally means breath also referring to the Holy Spirit. Ruach was first mentioned in the second verse of the entire Bible when it said, Now the earth was empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God, Ruach, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We think that the, whole, that, that the Spirit of God only came in Acts 2. It was here far before that. In the beginning of time, it's what brought life to a dry and barren land. 
the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and it came alive. So if we read the original text, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make the Holy Spirit enter you and you will come to life. It wasn't, it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came in that these bones began to move. That was the Dorea power of the Holy Spirit. The power of His Spirit to bring that which was stale or dry and bring it back to, to life again. And the passage goes on to say, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you again, Ruach, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. You see, that's important because it's one thing to dream the dream. It's one thing to do, to hear it from God, but it's another thing to actually do it and put it in action. So he prophesied as the Lord, as the Spirit told him to. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together. Bone to bone, I looked at tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. But there was no power, there was no breath. It was just the corpse. It was dry, dead, stale. Then he said to me, now listen, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because God has given the power and the ability within your words to speak life into a situation that you thought was dead. God has given you the ability to say, come alive again. The very power within your tongue, within your mouth, you can use that power to speak to that which was dry or stale and say, come alive. So he prophesied. <laughs> Prophesy to the breath and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet. What were they? A vast army. But it wasn't until the power of God entered in the Ruach, that spirit, the breath of God. You see, the promise didn't come till after the power came. You know, one of the songs, and I love the song, but one of these songs that they sang, it says that up from the grave, I'm coming out, I'm going to live, going to live again. This is the sound of the dry bones rattling. And I'm telling you right now, in our society, in our culture, I believe it with all my heart, the church has taken a back seat with too many issues. And I believe it's time for the dry bones to rattle again and for the Spirit of God to move in them and for the church to rise up as the power God intended for it to be from the beginning. The church is supposed to be a lighthouse, a place where we can make a difference. But too many of our dreams has become stale. So what God's saying is you need the power of my Spirit to come breathe in you again. And you know, I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember. I've been in ministry for 12 years. And here's what I know about a stale dream. Is that you don't just casually go back into it. 
it takes something supernatural. And I'll tell you what I do. When I get to that place in my life where I feel stale, where I need a fresh breath of God, I fast and I pray. There's something powerful when you fast. There's something supernatural when you give up something for Jesus. And then when I pray, I, I, I sit in a room. I turn some praise music on. I get my phone out. I get my notepad out. And I start my prayer out with God. Purify my heart. Cleanse me. God, this is your servant listening. And I be quiet. And I begin to just listen to the voice of God speak. And as he speaks, I write it down. Because it's so important that we write it down. Down. As a matter of fact, Habakkuk chapter 2 says it very clearly. He says, write down what I reveal to you so that he may run who reads it. Write it down. The vision God gives you, the dream God gives you, write it down. Because what the Bible says, if you don't write it down, you won't be able to read it. And if you don't read it, you're not going to be able to run the play. I want you to take a sports team. Don't give them a playbook. Get 12 guys together, 11 guys, whoever it may, may be. Send them out to the field and say, here, just go play. It's going to be mass chaos because nobody knows what they're doing. They need something they can read, a playbook that they can go back to. God says, write it down clearly so that you may read it. And when you read it, you can run the play. You see, there's many dreams, and I don't say this as a pat on my back. I really don't. But there was a God thing that happened this past week, and I'm so excited about it. God gave the staff here a dream years ago. Two, uh, we've been here now more than two years. That's crazy. That we're going to get to a place where we're, we're, we're going to be able to give away boxes of food that, to people that need it. And we didn't know when it was going to happen. We just got the dream. We wrote it down. We started to plan. Some God doors began to open up. And can I tell you, between six different churches, this past week we gave away 1,906 boxes away to people that need it. That's amazing. Come on. 1,906. We gave away, just at our location here, over 600 boxes of food and 350 gallons of milk. And that's an absolutely God thing. And even better than that, guess what? We're going to do it next week and the week after and the week after for six straight weeks. God has blessed us with an opportunity to be able to do that. That's what I'm talking about, a God dream. A dream that God gives us and we write it down. And what's cool about it is that when we do that and when it happens, we can look back on it and say, man, it happened just as God said it would. Because that's the type of God that he is. So there's those that have no dream. There's those that have dreams but become stale. And here's the last one that I want to talk about today. There's those that just like the boxes that we gave out, they have a God dream. A God dream is one that first of all honors God, not man. 
It's not meant to puff us up. It's not meant to make us look better. It's meant to honor God. It's also a dream that's, that gives you the boldness to stand up to a culture and the injustices of our day and say, not on my watch. And I'm going to be honest and very, very open and very clear for those in here and those watching live stream. And Seth, if you'll go ahead and come. My spirit at about 10.15 last night was enraged over what happened downtown. Let me tell you something. Evil does not correct another evil. It never will. I hate what happened in Minneapolis. Should have never happened. Should have never happened. But looting and destroying buildings and throwing bricks through, uh, through uh, cop cars should never happen either. It doesn't correct it. And God has given us a position. He's given us a, a, a stance. He has given us a word to be the church. And to rest, stand up for what we know is right. And to say it with boldness and say it clearly. And I'm going to say it here. Racism is a sin. Racism is evil. And God will deal with it in His own time. We should love people regardless of their race, regardless of their spiritual background, regardless of how much money they have, regardless of what they make, regardless of how they smell. We should love everybody the same. Why? Because Christ loved us that way. But I'm telling you, a God dream, a platform, God's given us one to defy the culture and to stand up for it and say that there is a heaven, there is a hell, and our job is to speak the truth, to do it in love, and our job is to reach out into a lost and dying world and plunder hell so that we can fill heaven. And I want to close with this story. This story is so important to me. It's so powerful. It's so good. And it's in Mark chapter 8. And I want to read it. I want you to, to see this with, with spirit, with spiritual spirit, with, with the spiritual eyes this morning. Mark 8, verse 22. It says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. It's interesting to me that he brought his friend who is blind. And then told Jesus how to do his job. But watch what happens next. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Because take a note. Sometimes in order to hear God speak, we've got to change the environment that we're currently in. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people, they look like trees looking around. Now I have a question. And it just has boggled my mind. Now I'm going to ask you, Teresa. If the man's blind, how does he know what trees look like? I want you to think about it. If the man was blind, how does he know what trees look like? And I've got a very good answer. Because he once was able to see and then lost his sight. 
There was a time in his life where he had sight and it was taken away. Because I'm telling you this morning, even if your dream has gone stale, even if your dream has lost its vision, I'm telling you there's a time where you can see it again. Because let me tell you what type of God we serve. The next passage says once more. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open. His sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. And Jesus said, listen, we serve a once more God. We serve a God who can do it once more. And I'm here to tell you, don't give up on the dream. Don't give up on the vision. Don't give up on your son or your daughter. Don't give up on that job opportunity. Don't give up on that dream. Because, Paula, we serve a once more type of God that can do it again. He can do it again. Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop praying. And I want to pray for you today that a once more type of God reveals to you what He wants from us to heal this land. To heal our home. On this Pentecost Sunday, I pray that a once more God breathes His fresh fire through us. That He'll heal broken homes. That He'll heal health. He will heal jobs. He will heal relationships. And he will heal racism in our land. Would you pray with me this morning for a once more type of God? Jew's going to come up after I'm done. She's going to close us out in prayer and, and announce how we're going to be giving offering. But I want to pray with you right now that whatever your need may be, understand we do serve a once more God.